You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. Okay we are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, ready sisters? sisters? Sisters! Hey, sisters. How Welcome are you? Welcome to New York. Oh, we're, oh we've been waiting for you. Welcome oh to New God. York. Welcome to New York. So in case you missed it, Mads and I are currently in New York right now. New York City. The center, center of, of the, the universe. universe. Times are shitty, but I'm pretty sure they couldn't get worse. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> You're just really entertaining us this episode, aren't you? With all you? the New York content. With all the New York content. So <sighs> if you are new to OKSIS, okay I'm Scout. I'm Mads, and welcome to the podcast where we are related. We are real sisters. And we chat up with some... Uh, some amazing women. Some rad women. Um, okay, so we need to talk about the fact that we're super sad right now. Um, we're recording this af- mere seconds after the Super Bowl has ended. So we... Scout and I have oh been so God. invested for the past four hours. We've been, like, actively watching this game, guys. Like, literally missed, play by play. We haven't missed one second of this we game. We literally have not missed one second of this game. And if you couldn't tell, we are Rams fans. I am a new Rams fan. This is a new uh, development in my life because apparently my entire mom's side of the family are Rams fans and nobody told me about this, but I am on board and we lost. Okay. So few things, few highlights. One, Chloe and Hallie saying, are we sure it's Hallie or are we do we think it's Haley? It's Hallie. Okay. It's Hallie. Chloe and Hallie saying, the uh, Mar- no, they did not. Which one do they sing? They sang America. Um, uh, they were like right before um, the national anthem. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And I can't believe it. Like what a get for them. Amazing. I mean, they're amazing. They're amazing. I'm just saying like, that's incredible for them. And I'm so just my heart is so warm seeing them on the fucking big screen. Well, I'm glad that one good thing came out of this Super Bowl know, experience truly, for you. Truly. Um, number two, we uh, found out that Jared Goff is younger than me, which yeah, is which just is wild. wild. And he's like, can I catch? Yeah, you're kind Who of knew? obsessed with him now. Who knew? I mean, you even he looked up his girlfriend. He couldn't he couldn't uh Get us a touchdown, but he could not get us a touchdown. The Rams did not score score one, one touchdown. But like in I defense, never, in defense, the Patriots only scored one touchdown. I know, but like I, I have never seen a game. No, Guys, this, this, this game. No, this was the first Super Bowl game where there wasn't a touchdown until the fourth quarter. There was literally not I one touchdown think, no, until the fourth. There quarter. There has never been a Super Bowl where there wasn't a touchdown on the, either until side. The, no, 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 until the third quarter. Like 
literally there has never been a touch or never been a Super which Bowl like goes this. to show that it's always in the fourth quarter no matter what you guys this just proves my fucking point i'm with you i'm again. with you on that point like, all you need to do is watch the fourth quarter but that's we, when we the sat shit through happens. painfully painfully and then the um room five was okay they just like i thought they were really good it was really fun we were in a bar watching it we watched the first half and everyone in was bar, doing like a sing and everybody was doing a sing-along and it was super festive and like like we were all sure. together. But there wasn't like a wow factor. Like usually right. there's a change up of the of the um stage or there's a surprise guest or you know there's always something And Travis a little... Scott did not propose to Kylie Jenner. No. Sad. That did not happen. Um I'm going to I'm going to say a uh an opinion. Oh, what's is... your opinion? Sorry, I just like, burped. Oh my god, that never happened. Not burped. To you. I did like a little. No, that was a burp. What Courtney did? That was not a burp. Yes, that, was that was an indigestion. A burp is like. Uh, like oh my god, no! It can be small. No, that was indigestion. Anyways, okay. moving forward, um, I'm gonna say an opinion that um, is not favorable. Yeah. What What am I trying to say? I don't know. You tell me. What's the like word for like opinion that's unfavorable? Controversial. Controversial. I'm gonna say something controversial. I don't think Adam Levine is hot. Oh my god! I have never once thought he's hot. I don't understand. Yeah, I, I don't, don't. I don't understand get why it. you don't think he's hot. I don't see it at all. Like at all? At like all. Not even a little bit. At all. Okay. He's great skin. He does look like he's thirty. And how old is he? Like probably forty. Forty five. No, he's not that old. How old is he? Yeah, maybe he is. I'm not sure. I think he's forty. I don't think he's forty. Regardless. Just doesn't do it for me. Oh, okay. Well, good to know. Doesn't do it for me. The taking off of the shirt was a little extra. That was a little extra. I won't give Didn't you that. Didn't know he was like that tatted up. Yeah, not he's, into he's that at all. Highly tatted up. California across his stomach. Yeah, that's a little much. A little much. Also, him dancing to moves like Jagger just was very. He doesn't. Uncomfortable. Well, he's not a very good dancer. Very uncomfortable. But they sing "She Will Be Loved," which is like literally when I was thirteen years old. That is the only I listened to that song like five times a day when I was thirteen years old. It was my favorite song in the entire world. Okay. So when my he favorite sang was it, Sunday was... morning, but they weren't going to do that. Well, yeah. Why did they do Sunday morning? It's too slow for Super Bowl. She Will Be Loved is super slow. No, but She Will Love is like their, their, their ballad. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Sunday morning rain is coming. You're just singing up a storm on I this know. episode. Look at me. Okay. Should we do the word of the week? Uh, we shall. Okay. So the word of the week is senescence and it means it's a noun and it means the state of being old the process of becoming old and i thought old old as in like, like tom brady as in tom brady <laughs> that's why i picked it as in tom brady when the fuck is he gonna retire yeah seriously come on retire get out of already. here give someone else a chance He's just, I mean, I hate to say it, but he's just that good. But he's not even that good. They didn't even score. They scored one touchdown. It was all defense, this this Super Bowl. It was all they defense. They were out for blood. Yeah, both they, of those both teams. Of those like, teams. they were just like, don't, you don't fucking get past me. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, it was intense. Yeah. We were biting our nails over there. I was not biting my nails because oh. I have fake acrylic claws on right now. <laughs> oh so God. I don't bite them when my nails are done. Oh, yeah, you're not a fan of my nails, but mom is. So, well, you look like Kylie Jenner, which is all that I care about. Kate, Kylie Jenner doesn't do the claws. Yes, How many does. times do I have to tell I, you? I don't know what Instagram you're looking at, but yes, she every does. time I see her nails, they're the square long nope. ones. No, nope. they're the claws. OK, I'm going to find a photo of her with claws because okay. I have not been able to find one yet. OK. Um, OK, our guest this week. Bliss Lau. Bliss Lau. Seriously, one of the most talented people. Her jewelry. I've been following her for years. She yeah, gave me a lot of inspiration been. when I was trying to um, design my engagement ring. Um, oh. Her stuff, because her stuff is like so angular and geometric and architectural and yeah, edgy. And very like edgy. Statement pieces. Like, sh- she just knows what she's doing. Totally. Yeah. And she really, she put it all out there on the line. We got a little... Uh, inside scoop about some stories about her past yeah and, and how she came up in the world and just she has not had an easy path to success that's for sure yeah and how you know challenges can actually shape who you are and, and how you move forward and how you move forward and how you can ultimately turn it into something better absolutely and her name is bliss so like hello hello that is the coolest name ever she is very blissful she's so blissful 
yeah she is i love that oh anyways what it's a, a dream yeah it was it was a really good interview and i think you guys are going to enjoy it and if you have not yet looked up her jewelry do it now because it's unbelievable yes okay also what everyone can go and rate and subscribe oh yeah okay sis on if the you like okay app. sis do us a favor I know you just said this, but I'm going to say it again. Oh, Rate God. and subscribe because we love you. Yeah. And uh, all of your ratings count. What if we did a segment where we read a review of the week? No, we're not doing that. Okay. But we can just read them to ourselves and marvel in the glory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, enjoy. And we love you, sisters. Love you. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA grown, eco conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute, I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring-summer collection, and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie. Like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once, the white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Bliss Lau's visionary approach to jewelry design is intrinsically rooted in the concept of jewelry as a physical experience, inspired by sensuality and structure. Throughout the evolution of her work, Bliss has elegantly juxtaposed dichotomous relationships, bold and delicate, bound and free, organic and linear, and embraced the interplay between them to create both fluid and kinetic forms. 
Raised in Honolulu, Hawaii, and educated at Parsons, Bliss Lau is based in New York City, where she frequently draws inspiration from such diverse sources as the bold writing of Anis Nin, the mathematically precise art of M.C. Escher, and the elegant architecture of the Chrysler Building and Brooklyn Bridge. Dedicating to supporting the next generation of designers, Bliss teaches workshops and classes throughout the world, including Centering Your Brand, a first-of-its-kind course at Parsons School of Design created with co-teacher and brand strategist Jasmine Takanikos. Without further ado, Bliss Lau. Hi. Bliss. Oh, my God. And also, she's a super mom. Yeah, you are a super mom, girl. (laughs) I'll try. (laughs) How old is your baby now? She's four and a half months. Oh, Oh my God. God. So cute. That is the cutest age, I think. So sweet. Is this your first baby? Yeah, yeah. How is, how, like, what are your first thoughts of motherhood? Motherhood. Um, I think it all, you, like, you sort of are playing the lottery with a baby. Like, you don't know what kind of baby you're going to have. Mm-hmm. Some people get lucky and some people have super challenging babies. I have, like, this kind of magical baby that has slept through the night for a long time. Oh, my and, God. Um, she's super chill and she just hangs out. We, like, take her to museums every weekend. So, I don't know. <laughs> kind of lucky like my my pediatrician keeps telling me it might change and you're like shit (laughs) you're like she's keep her keep her keep her calm for now (laughs) I mean she's not perfect all the time but yeah (laughs) oh my god okay we are so excited to get into everything yeah I have been following you bliss for years really yes I'm obsessed with your jewelry Thank you. I know, Scout. It's very much your style, like the spunky, like like like, the edgy, right? You guys are super edgy. Yeah, we're 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 one in the same bliss. (laughs) Okay, so let's do a round of current fixations. Yes. Should I start? Yeah, start, man. Okay, so I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to say a current fixation that I have previously already said. Oh, I was always wondering if we could do that. Well, you know what? We're breaking all the rules here. Okay, so. The only reason I'm bringing it up again is because there's a new development. Maggie Rogers. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. So she just came out with a new album called, called uh, Heard It in a Past Life. She is just who I want to be when I grow up. That yeah. is just that is just all I can say about this. She is. This album is out of control. Beautiful. She is so fucking talented. I just envy her ability to create such songs that make you feel like ethereal and you make mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're in a warm hug um especially the song burning and there's certain songs where you listen to it once and you just automatically know this is going to be the song you are going to have on repeat for the next month yeah you're obsessed with maggie rogers maggie, maggie rogers. rogers wow you wow, really I just really butchered that <laughs> um anyways she is everyone should go check it out she's up she is on the up and up like going to coachella like in the new york times like she is every fucking where yeah she really is she's having a glow up like no other and she deserves every last ounce of it maggie rogers if you're hearing this come on our podcast and i love you dearly and you make my like heart swell up oh my god you're a super I, fan i'm gonna start crying like i fucking love her <laughs> oh my god <laughs> anyways yeah so my, that is my current fixation i think she deserves two current fixations okay you know I'm what i mean like it. she is just phenomenal okay I'm all right for it. anyways that is my current fixation. Um, my current fixation, which I'm probably super late to the game on this one, um, but I signed up for the newsletter, The Skim. Wait, what? You yes. just signed up I for I just signed up for it. It took me a while, and now wow. I read it every single morning. Um, it's such a great way to digest your news and just get like a snapshot of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. They break it down so eloquently yeah. and in a way that you can understand. Um I haven't. Wow. I actually haven't read it in a while, but I need to start. Yeah, reading you need it to again. start. It's unbelievable. It's such a good way to get your news, and it's such a good way just to stay informed in a really mm-hmm. easy, digestible way. Totally. And then you can feel like super knowledgeable when you talk to your coworkers and such, and you're yes. like, "Oh, I know about that shit. Yeah. Oh, government shutdown. What? Like, what? I know. Oh gosh. <laughs> okay, bless your turn. Um, actually, mine is news as well. I'm. I am kind of obsessed with the courts app. Ooh. I don't know if you've ever used it. There's, they have two. They, I'm like, I, they have like a term of court super user. I'm totally obsessed with it. So one of the apps is basically like texting. It's a texting app where they basically give you just like a little blurb and you can say, 
yes, I want more or no, but it basically operates like a text. So it's just like a little tiny synopsis. So you can just absorb tons of news and it has these funny gifts in it. Wow. Um, and also you can put Trump on hold. Like if you don't oh. want to hear Trump stuff. Oh my God. Do Trump freeze, I think it's called, which is kind of my favorite thing. And I basically always have that on. Um, <laughs> but then they open up another app and they, they're, it's like a news organization. So they have their own content, but they also aggregate other content. But the app has like, I could follow you guys on the app and listen to your take on the news. And so if there's, if there's an article, then if there's somebody like, I don't know, a scientist will say something about a science article. And what I like about it is that it's not all like the doom and gloom of what's happening in the universe. Sometimes it'll tell you something fun about like windmills or something, you know, it's just like kind of, makes you feel like there's other things in the world other than like the government shutdown. Absolutely. Basically. That sounds amazing. Wow. Wait, what's the app called again? Quartz. Quartz. We wow. got to get on that. You know, it's a jewelry designer. Like it is. Yeah. Quartz. <laughs> <laughs> All on brand. Got to stay on brand. Wow. That's incredible. I really like that. The, the ad, the sprinkling in of, you know, other things than the current news. Cause there's other things to learn about and know about. <laughs> like, then the government shut down. Yeah, that's so true. Oh my God. Okay, so let's talk about jewelry. I'm okay. so excited. So let's talk about you, Bliss. Let's take it back to the very beginning. What was it like growing up in Honolulu, Hawaii? Oh, um, what was it like? Well, so when, have you guys been to Hawaii? Yeah, yes. we actually, I wasn't or on you that were family not, trip. Yeah, you're not on the family trip, but we did, I went on a family trip to Honolulu and, oh shit. You don't remember? I don't okay, remember. So the funny story. I went, okay. I went okay. to... Did you stay on the same island? No, no, no. We went to another island. It was um, where the road to Hana is. Maui. Yes, Maui. That's I it. went to Hawaii, but only for two days because I was an extra in the new Jurassic World movie. So I didn't get to yeah. like explore that much, but I was definitely there. <laughs> so... That's really fun. Yeah. It was, it was really, you know, I don't know. I grew up in LA when I was a little girl and I moved to Hawaii when I was like 11 because my Chinese family had immigrated to Hawaii. So, um, it was kind of like, so I'm half Chinese and my mom's Caucasian. My dad is Chinese and it's like, I call it going to the Hapa homeland because basically you go from being like different to just fitting in every, everywhere because everybody's half Asian kind of. So like experientially as like a little, as an adolescent, that was really amazing. But I think you just grow up with like an understanding of like the earth and the ocean and a respect for both things and a way that I think is a little bit different than, especially now, you know, like my daughter's going to grow up in New York city. So she won't have that same kind of love of land and ocean naturally just by virtue of growing up there in the sun. And, you know, you always see the sunrise and you always watch the sunset. It's just, you know, there's something just really magical about it. That's so true. I can't even imagine. I mean, we grew up in San Diego, so we did have that very oceanic um, experience and we were always near the water, but to grow up in Hawaii where there's this real kinship to the earth, I think, Mm -hmm. and to all of, um, you know, yeah, as you said, the, the, the ocean and the mountains and everything, there is this very like grounding sense to growing up there, I feel like. So what, what was the transition like moving from Hawaii to New York city? Because those could not be any more opposite from one another. Well, I, I mean, I say that it was really great, but at the same time I was like totally a misfit. I wore all black since I was like 14 years old. It did not really fit in in Hawaii. I fit in now more as an adult than I did as a teenager, I wanted to leave so bad, even though I loved it so much. It's like, I guess that's just what it is to be a teenager. Right. Um, right. Uh, but I moved to New York like 10 days after I graduated high school to go to Parsons. I was so excited and then so traumatized simultaneously by myself. I didn't know anyone. Wow. I just had to figure it out. How did you, how did you like that? Those first years in New York city, was it, was it hard to transition or did you like immediately find your place at Parsons? Was it something that you needed to do to like satiate your soul? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I've always, always wanted to be a designer. I used to think I wanted to be a shoe designer actually when I was 18 and moved here. Um, but it was so fun for me because I only had like one long sleeve shirt. So I got to buy a whole new wardrobe and winter Mm. is like to this day. I still, I don't hate winter. 
Wow. Um, just because I love coats. That was actually one of my other current obsessions is I have a normal Kamali sleeping bag coat like waiting for me that I'm going to unbox later today. Oh my gosh. I just, my consumption of coats is like ridiculous. Um, but yeah, we don't get that extra wardrobe here in Southern no, California. No, we have one wardrobe and that's it. <laughs> we, we like don't know how to we're, operate. We're going winter. to New York next week and we're like terrified. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to wither. If you want to. Yes. So how did you first become interested in designing jewelry? Did it happen at Parsons or where did that fascination come from? No, no. I when I when I graduated, I sold my senior thesis collection. I was doing handbags actually. I was really a terrible clothing designer. I studied clothing. Um, like you know, Tim Gunn was one of my teachers. Wow. Whoa. Damn. Yeah. Crazy. Um, it was great, but um, I didn't even make a single piece of jewelry until I had been making handbags for about seven years, and I I've been obsessed with the Brooklyn Bridge for a long time. I had a handbag that had chains down the front of it that were like woven in the way the cables of the bridge are. And I made myself a body chain with it on my old mannequin from college. And, um, somebody saw it and was like, this is crazy. This is super interesting. And you have to remember that like it was 2006 and the best selling thing in all the trades was the gap one pocket tee. Does that give you a sense of like, simplify, boring, boring, boring was what everybody was doing. And I met this guy that was like this really cool Italian showroom owner that was like, bliss, the world needs cool shit. Make me cool shit. And so I made a collection of body chains. What a, what a mentor. Make me some cool shit. Make me cool shit. That was it. That was like total, all the directive I got. I love that. (laughs) And then, then, wait, so wait, what happened from there? So I did the body chains and then there's a whole story of like a famous model knocking me off that I'm going to graze over. Um, Oh my God. Ooh, yikes. Okay. And, um, basically, well, do you want to hear it or do you want to hear it? Of course we want to hear it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so remember this, like I moved to New York. I didn't know anybody at all. Just like built this on myself, started my business. I'm about seven years in. I'm selling handbags. They're doing okay. They're not doing great. At that point, they had a high peak and then a low peak. Um, this is right around the, the crash, right? So 2007-ish. Mm. And I made this body chain collection. It was like no one had ever seen anything like it. People have made body chains in like Persia before, but like it hadn't been introduced as a non-sort of fetish item in fashion until I did it, mm. basically. So it was really revolutionary. And I would show it. I like I went to a couple of trade shows and showed my work with my friend Valentino, the Italian guy. And, um, he was showing like Vivian Westwood and these like really like the best, like if every single major important store was coming to look at his showroom because he had Vivian, um, and my body chains were hanging and like the major buyers from the stores would come over. And I literally had them start laughing when they looked at my stuff and they were like, nobody would ever wear that. So we went through one season getting laughed at which was crazy. And like Valentino and I looked at each other and we were like, they're all nuts. These are really, really cool. So I sold to like maybe one store. And then eventually the next season they would come back and be like, but can I buy one for myself? <laughs> and then we'd be like, just put it in your store. So I remember one or two stores bought a collection for their store and they sold out within four weeks. Wow. And we were like, guys, this is a new thing. Like everybody's going to want this. And they were like, listen, it was a fluke. Those are the only 25 people that we had that would ever actually buy it. We're not going to oh reorder. God. And so at this point I'm, I'm barely surviving and I'm selling like very few pieces. And I get a phone call that says like, Hey bliss, like this really famous model. She's the face of Maybelline at the time bought your jewelry. She, like watch out, you know, you can maybe have a picture of her in it. It'll be really good for you. I was super excited. And I had this girlfriend who worked at one of the really hot restaurants in New York city and the model had seen her wearing it. And then she had sent her to my store and she went and bought it. So a couple of weeks later, you know, the model comes back in and my girlfriend's like, Hey, how are you? What's up? And she was like, I'm really, really good. She's like, what are you up to? And she's like, well, you know, I'm making jewelry now. You know, I came up with this. It's like all about the body and you like put it on like clothing. And she basically told everyone that it was her design. And then one season I woke up and started getting all these calls congratulating me on, um, styling the Alexander Wayne fashion show. 
And I was like, guys, I don't, I don't know Wang. I've never met him before, but that's my piece on every single model walking down the runway. Oh my and this, God. And this girl had said that it was hers. Like she purchased yours and then said it was hers or she like just recreated the idea. No, she purchased mine. Oh, wow. That is absolutely insane. So imagine this experience. Like, I think I'm 24, 25 at this point. I had finally, finally sold some stores. Every single store I sold called me and said, someone else simultaneously came up with the same idea. I'm sorry, we're not going to purchase your stuff anymore. I had feature on Elle magazine. I had all these other features coming out and the editors all pulled the features. Wow. It was horrible. So I, um... How did you overcome something like this? How do you, sorry? How did you overcome something like this? Well, so I called volunteer lawyers for the arts. I was devastated, you know, like tears, horrible. Um, New York Times article featuring her coming out with this innovative new thing. And um, volunteer lawyers for the arts, I got two female lawyers who immediately took on my case and were like, this is horrifying. I can't believe this. And um, we filed and we basically did it quick enough that I got a copyright on the piece and she, um, she had like her uncle's lawyer or something like that. And then, then this happened. Like, and so this is like right when internet is like, you know, things just had started going viral. It's a while back. And I was really like traumatized and upset. And mind you still, I'm like working co-check at nights. Like I don't, there's no, I have no investment. Like I'm just doing this, like scrapping it together. I'm just a creative person. And, um, I was at a, I was showing my work at a market and this woman came up to me and picked up my piece and was like, Oh, this is just like the model so-and-so's pieces. And I like snapped my fingers at her and I'm like, let me tell you a story. And I'm pissed. Mind you, I'd had like definitely a couple of glasses of wine at that point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't know that I was talking to the writer for Fashionista. Wow. So the next day she published an article and it went crazy. Like within minutes, my phone started ringing and within a week, um, rumors, I don't know if this is ever true, but rumors had it. Alex was traumatized. He didn't know anything about it. I don't think they're friends anymore, but I don't know. Um, you mean wait, and, Alexander Wang? Yeah. Oh, okay. I love how you got called him Alex. Uh, <laughs> that's like a fashion person. That's how we do. Yeah. Um, and basically people started calling me and asking to pull my stuff for magazines. And so pretty soon everybody knew who my work, everybody knew my work at the time mm-hmm. and started using it. And that's why then, you know, like Beyonce's drunk and love video and all of that kind of came out from this traumatizing thing. But you know, this was like a year pushing through for a year. Wow. So what happened to me actually, which is kind of a sad story. And I, I wish I, I wish I didn't tell you, have to tell you this kind of story, but it's like, someone stole something from me so deeply and it hurt me so badly that then I should have owned it and pushed it and dominated the body chain market. But I was so hurt from it that I started looking into other parts of my creative self. Mm -hmm. And now I I make body chains. I actually just relaunched my best of collection, like in November, um, which is almost 10 years later, more than 10 years later, actually, because um, I launched the first one in 2007 and 10, 11 years later. But um, I, I just couldn't just couldn't do it anymore, you know, so I started doing it and I made some pieces. I continued doing it, but I didn't push it that hard. And then I started making rings and I applied all of my creativity into the concept of like these kinetic pieces. And I feel, felt that it was a much safer place for me to move into like mm. a, a new form of jewelry with a cleaner slate. And I say this in retrospect to you, like I, I wasn't, I wasn't acutely aware of it when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the course of, of, of those several years, like, you know, there's a point when like it kind of hurts you to keep making this thing that was caused you so much pain. And Absolutely. So- oh my God. I have so many questions. Okay. One, I, I wanted to ask, actually about that first market that you went to and everyone was laughing at you. That is something I, I'm, I can't even believe you got over that. Like that's even something that's so painful to, and you obviously had so much trust in yourself and passion for, for, and belief in what you were creating. How did you persevere through that even? 
That was really hard. You know, I, I remember the us just like thinking they're crazy, but because I had this, this, because I had Valentino and yeah. because Valentino and I both firmly believed and I, you know, you, you go to design school and you learn that like, there are so many stories of like, um, like the first molded plastic chair took almost 10 years to come to fruition and become like ubiquitous within the world of furniture design. Like right. it, they, there's so many times when you see people are scared of change and this is going back to like, there's a problem in Hawaii and I come from a culture that is very fiercely scared of change. And it's one of the reasons why it's challenging to live there. And one of the reasons why I don't live there is that that is something that you do come up against. And I think that like, that's not true of everyone there, but um, there's, there's an issue in the world where people are scared of change. And mm -hmm. so I don't necessarily, I, I sort of put that in a different category. And I, I think, I feel like that, that isn't something that is against me personally. It yeah, means yeah. that the, it takes, there's an arc. And I knew that I was at the beginning. I like could feel that I was at the beginning of something. It was so palpable to me that people would love it. You had the foresight that others did not have. And I think that's probably one of the most admirable qualities I find in people is if they're able to vision, vision and not, vision. and not be straight from it based on other people's opinion, um, like night na naivete about it or like ignorance about it an inability to see it in the future. I think that's something so powerful. Okay. Well, also another question I had about that story is did that model like back down? Yeah. Did she get canceled? Like where was the cancel culture <laughs> at no, this time? She, didn't. she no. did it. Oh my God. No, so she's still, she's, is she, successful. she's yeah. still roaming the earth right now. Yeah, totally. Oh wow! Okay, but I need from, to do some research. I know. <laughs> I want to know what it is. from this complete tragedy, and I don't even know the right word to describe it. Came something so beautiful because you started um, designing rings, which your rings are some of my favorite in the entire world. Can you talk to us a little bit about that process that you go through to design your rings and where your inspiration comes from? Yeah. The well, the reason that I actually am doing mostly engagement and wedding rings is because when my, I met my husband, um, my now husband in around 2010 and he came to me and actually he proposed to me at the, um, Alexander McQueen show at the Met. Oh, wow. It's really sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And, and he had a sketchbook and he said to me, I really want you to design your own ring. Mm. Oh my God. Whatever you want, I'll, I'll pay for it, but like you design it. And so I created and I invented this like concept for two rings combining into one like there isn't no one else has done this in jewelry as I've researched is like the two rings that connect into one and like basically lock into place and um, based on what happened with me in the past I actually recently got a patent on it which is amazing uh, but it was more esoteric so if you ask yourself like what it means to be married. Maddie, you're married, right? Gabby. Or sorry, Scout, 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 is, I'm married. Scout is married. Scout is married. Um, so I, I haven't, like my husband is like a total opposite me. He like is always thinking about things. He's always like planning and all this. And um, I'm sort of freewheeling. I'm a Sagittarius. I like have an entrepreneur. I'm always, always willing to like take risks. And so I designed a, a ring around the idea of one ring embracing the other. Mm. And then it's has like a flat bottom. So it's like very balancing and it's symmetrical. Um, I call the middle part, the centered ring for this is for my engagement ring. And so it has a lot more to do with sort of the, the emotional parts of it. And then i really, really like art deco. I like geometric shapes. I always have, I like straight lines and curves and the juxtaposition of those two things. And so I usually start with the emotional, what I want it to say emotionally for a couple and then also what their aesthetic is. So it's usually marriage of those two things. That's amazing. So then did people notice the engagement ring and then that piqued their interest and they started asking you to develop your own line of it or how did that transition happen? Yeah, actually my first clients were all other female entrepreneurs that mm. I knew that had been, like, they were like, can I have a version of your ring or will you make me your, your ring? Totally. So, so it just happened uh, very organically. 
totally never would have expected that I would have gone from making like sexy body chains to <laughs> bridal, but I guess bridal isn't what it was before. But it, you know, it evolves cooler now. But it evolves as as you evolve, you know, like yeah. you as you said, like you're going into this stage of marriage and and partnership and that's your art is a reflective like where you are at your at the time in your life yeah love that okay so talk to us about the bliss loud girl like who are you designing for what does the girl want what does she look like tell us all about that um she cares a lot about things and she Mm -hmm. thinks a lot about things like I think that my girl doesn't um she she maybe occasionally and buys fast fashion, but if she does, it's really specific and she really cares about how, what she eats. I mean, she's a really, she's a lot like you guys, which is why I was so excited mm-hmm. to talk to you because, you know, she's interested in being healthy. She cares about skincare. She cares about her clothes and her people and she tries to live a balanced life. I think that she also enjoys culture and art um, and she just, she likes to hang out and still have fun and she doesn't take life too seriously. Like I think I I really have a chance to meet almost all of my clients. Oh wow! So I have a really good sense of who they are. And actually in the last month, so many people have come because January is a big month. People are starting the new year and I've just felt so fortunate because I have these cool, cool clients that are just really respectful of the provenance of things and they care that we use recycle gold mm. and they care that I know my vendors and that they are, you know, all of those things that make a product matter from every touch point. Like my clients want to know that I care about that too. And it feels really good that they, that all of this effort that I've put to making sure that I have a clean client, clean product um, is something that my girls care about. That is so cool that you have such relations with your customers. I think that really kind of infuses a spirit into your work. I hope so. Um, (laughs) Wait, let's talk about the recycled gold. So why is, you know, that sort of sustainability important to you? um, Well, you know, I came from body chains. And so, you know, this wasn't something that was always something that you thought about, right? Um, the, the idea of working with recycled gold is something I actually, I started changing over my product to recycled gold a couple of years ago. And actually the first time I think I s- spoke about it was almost a year later, just cause I wanted to make sure I understood it. And I've been doing a lot of research to learn about it. Um, but you kind of want to make sure that you're not contributing to any nefarious business practices. There's a lot of stuff in jewelry that is, can go awry. And I'm not saying that mining is totally all bad. There are a lot of good ways that things can be mined, but, um, it's, it was just a choice that I decided that I was going to work with recycle gold. So what that means is all of like the ugly jewelry that you always hated. Maybe you sent it back for meltdown. Like that's what we're using. Um, it comes from teeth as well. Um, but mostly that's where it's recycled from and it comes from the U S so even if I make something like I have a manufacturer in Thailand that I work with, they also buy the you um, the recycled gold from the U.S. That's amazing. That's a really that's a that's a really conscious effort on your behalf. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the fact that you teach, which is unbelievable. So uh, you teach at Parsons School of Design, where you graduated from. What is that like? And what kind of teacher are you? And how have you found that experience to be? You know, I started teaching, um, when I was in my early twenties, my every woman in my family has been a teacher like for four generations. So it's sort of part of who I am. Um, in, in Hawaii, we have a word, it's called kuleana and kuleana is something you guys have, um, because your kuleana is that you want to share the world. You want to help women understand stories. And I think it's really beautiful. And it's it's the thing inside you that makes you want to give something to the world. Mm. Um, 
and whatever that might be, obviously it's a positive thing. Um, and my Kuliana is to teach. And I've just, you know, the story I just told you, like I've just lived through so much through my business and I feel compelled to help people who have a business, not make the mistakes that I've made. Mm. And everyone needs advisors. You know, I've had a business for over 15 years now. And if I had understood so many things, I could have been so much further, but that was my life experience required me to learn things the hard way. So that's okay. Um, but I love helping other people um, put together their ideas. And so the, the, the class is basically an a intensive, three-day intensive for entrepreneurs. People from all over the world come and take the class. Like it's from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Parsons, three weeks. And Jasmine is a brand strategist. And so she teaches you brand strategy and I teach design because in today's current atmosphere and world, there is no such thing as design without strategy. Mm -hmm. So essentially you learn by me asking you questions. So we teach through a Socratic method. So as I'm giving a presentation with maybe anecdotes about my life and my experience, I'm going to ask you a question. And while you're watching my presentation, you should be thinking about how your life has been lived and make notes. And so by the time you're done with the class, you've gone through like this intensive self-discovery and you probably have like a deck or a strategy of where you're going to go with maybe what you want to do in your future for your business or what your current business is. You've maybe done an audit of how you can make it a little more lean and better and focused. That's amazing. Wait, do you find that more creative individuals attend this type of course or do you see it across various industries? It's almost all creative industries. Got it. Because it's Parsons. Right, know? right, but right. We taught, like, we taught the class in Spain this past year, which Ooh. was really cool. I've taught it in Mexico, um, at IED in Milan um, as well. So I, of course, got the um, trademark on the name, and so we can do it anywhere. <laughs> Love it. Okay, so we okay we need we just like need to talk about Beyonce and yeah the you you love. I mean you casually mentioned it yeah let's like just let's, let's dive into this to that. so how did Beyonce find your work how did it get on her radar when did you know that she was going to be wearing it in the music video or did she just wear it and you're like holy shit that's my that's my body chain. Have you ever watched the back um, behind the scenes on this video? Probably. I don't know. I mean, obviously I know everything about the video. But. Right. <laughs> um, well, this video was like, they decided to do it super last minute. I mean, it wasn't, it's like the only, one of the things they did that wasn't like super over planned. It was just like, we're going to shoot it at night on the beach. And I got a call from this magical unicorn named Lisa Cooper, who is in Venice. She's, she's an expat. She lives in LA. Maybe I'll meet her. She's great. Ooh, um, yeah, we'd love to meet her. And it was like Saturday morning, and she was like, "Hey, Bliss, I'm sh- I'm I'm styling Beyonce for this thing. Um, it's really fast. It's tomorrow. Can I meet you in an hour?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she just took two pieces and left. And I think those might have been the only two pieces she had on the shoot, and then a couple other bracelets and stuff. And she just threw them on her, and they shot it in one night. And like, that was the video. Holy and it was great. Shit. That is it's unbelievable. Wow. And what did you feel in that moment? Like, what was that a, de- a really defining moment where you were like, fuck, I've made it? No. 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 Really? Okay. Can you tell no. us why? I gave it to her. I'll say this. Like, I have sent stuff for my entire career to every major, major celebrity, and you almost, it's very rare that they actually wear it. That's like part of the plight of the designer is mm-hmm. that your people, stylists pull stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. And um, then you just sit and wait and hope, but you're one of like 50 people they pulled. So um, I didn't know that I was even in it until the, the video dropped and I saw it. Wow. Because you don't know until you see it, until it's publicized, basically. Oh and that goes for everything. Yeah. Wow. And yeah, so then that moment, oh my God, amazing. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you were probably I mean, like, okay, yeah, I can sit down for a while. <laughs> I know. That's incredible. I mean, that is just like, especially from where you started from and what you've been through, like to have Beyonce wearing one of your body chains is such a positive affirmation. Absolutely. It made a really big difference, like in the deep parts of my soul. Mm. <laughs> Okay, Love so it. I just hearing your story is so inspiring and hearing what you went through and how you've kind of risen in the ranks to where you are today. What is something that you now looking back on everything you've been through, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self um, to ask for more advice. Mm. 
Yeah, I really wish I really wish I had known to do that. I didn't know that I could contact people and ask them for advice and that I would be able to get it. Yeah. Um, and that is yeah, like that's why I teach and and that's like something that I do all the time now. So men- mentorship is something that's very important to you. Oh, totally. I think it's everything. Sure. I mean, asking questions it's of course, it's it's scary. That's the reason, you know, people kind of shy away from it because there's this you, you don't want to be looked at as, you know, ignorant or not knowing. Yeah, it's very, very vulnerable. But it's yeah. I think, you know, the main parts of this podcast and I think the through line is our inquisitiveness and our curiosity. Like all we fucking do is ask questions. And not only that, but like advice. I've never understood people who were vulnerable from it. Like I was the person front row in the class asking every dumb question. I didn't give a shit. And you know what? Probably everyone around me was grateful that I asked those questions because they didn't know what the fuck was going on as well. But also you'll find that people want to help. Like people, people want wa- to people mentor people. want to help. Yeah. Like they, totally. it's such a compliment to yeah. be like, I want your advice. You have done something that, that I, like I am inspired by. And I think and a lot of people don't feel as if their questions have worth to them but if you just reach out to somebody the amount you'd be surprised how many people really want to help others so that's amazing that you do that bliss yeah i love it love it love it love it okay so this was amazing yes bliss you are such a treat you are such a treat oh my god and we're huge fans of your work Thank you so much. Yes. I love the podcast. Oh, it's great. Thank, thank you. you. Um, we'll definitely, I know we're going to, we're going to miss you in New York, but um, next time, know. you know, next time when you're in LA, we have to get together, but tell everyone where they can find you on social and also the website so they can purchase uh, the fabulous jewelry that you make. Yeah, you can find me in New York City, or you can have a Skype call with me, too. Um, Bliss Lau, and that's my Instagram, too. B-L-I-S-S, like happiness, L-A-U. And no, I didn't make my name up. It's real. <laughs> that's amazing. You have the best name ever. Oh, my God. I love how you have to preface that. <laughs> no, I didn't make I know. it up. People ask me if my parents were hippies, like, daily. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that. Oh, all right. Thank you so Thank much, you, Bliss, Bliss, for doing this. We love you so much, everyone. Please go head over to Bliss and Lau. check out some badass jewelry. Badass. And you can find us at OKSIS Podcast. And shoot us a DM. Shoot us a DM. We'll answer you. Okay, sisters. <laughs> love you. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.